listening to Hope for Today Church podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. Oh, amen. It's a, it's a privilege to come before you this afternoon and to share in the word. I've been looking forward to our gathering here this afternoon. I was praying for many different reasons this weekend. Uh, it's been a good weekend. Started off with a great Friday night with some friends. And then the snow came tumbling down. And I was kind of a little excited to break out the snow blower. It's only two years old. And I get outside and I plug in the starter. And you know what? It wouldn't start. And <laughs> so, uh, you know, but still a good weekend and enjoying the, the season. And through those prayers with the snow blower, I said, Lord, let the snow not continue for Sunday church because we want to have church, right? So I was like, amen, that we can be here today. And thank you to everyone who is able to be here, obviously. Um, but those of you who are at home watching virtually, that's okay. Uh, we don't want you to feel bad about that. We want you to be safe. Um, but the word is going to speak to us today, whether in the house or uh, joining by other means. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, before we get into verse 12, um, I want to look at some contextual understanding just for a moment. Now, let's set the stage, if you will. The context of uh, the Apostle Paul's letter to the believers in Ephesus is a wonderful letter. And in all the encouragement and in all the challenge and pastoral exhortation, he's saying it all from prison. It's easy to write when, you know, you write cards or letters, when you're writing from a place of, you know, privilege or, you know, you're free to come and go. But here Paul is writing under house arrest. They believe around 80, 60 to 62. The scholars hold that he was in a Roman imprisonment, likely the time. And during that time, he wrote several letters called the prison epistles, of which Ephesians was one of them. And so here he's writing from this place. And so that's the context. If you could imagine what that prison might have looked like. Now, some would say, as Hollywood depict, he may have been in a, a house-like environment where he had some amenities. Obviously, he had access to paper and pen. Maybe his scribe more than likely was able to come and take notes as he dictated, as he received divine inspiration. Nonetheless, he was still under watch. He couldn't come freely as you and I go into from our own homes. And what hit me fresh as I was preparing for today was to see that through this letter, Paul took the opportunity, even in the midst of that context, to continue to show pastoral care to the believers in Ephesus. Taking that time not to think, man, here I am, I'm in prison, rather looking at the opportunity to emphasize the Gentiles' inclusion into the household of faith. And so actually in Ephesians 2, beginning in verse 18, he says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father, so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. 
And him, the whole building is being put together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit. And before we get to Ephesians 3, look at this picture that he shows. You are citizens of heaven through Christ. You were part of the household of God. This building continues to be built together into a holy temple. Not a promiscuous temple. Not a temple that's unpleasing to the Lord, but a holy temple. And you are being built together. That means the whole family of God is in this together. Not just a few, but all who believe in Jesus. And Paul continues in Ephesians 3.1, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming you heard about the administration of God's grace that he gave me for you, the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have briefly written about. By reading this, you're able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. This was not made known to people in other generations as it is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And I, don't forget this part, I was made a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. So two things here. I was made a servant to this gospel. There is no other gospel than what he's already written about. Number two, that this gospel is being proclaimed. He's doing it by the grace and favor of God. It wasn't by the letters behind Paul's name. And number three, it's the very power of God for salvation that was going to bring the fruit. I believe Paul knew this as he was penning these words from prison. I believe no matter the circumstance I'm in, Lord, that your word will not be void. It will go and it will reach and there will be fruits. And then he importantly began to speak about this unity through faith in Christ, this peace, despite the societal, religious divisions of the time. I think perhaps maybe more than ever, we can tremendously relate with this today. What's going on in society, even the religious divisions, if you will. But what brings us together is faith in Christ and the spiritual power that flows to us, the fullness of God, because we believe in him. And that faith and fullness comes to us, ascribes to us in all things. And Paul emphasizes, he highlights that this all began with the reconciliation that came about through Christ on the cross, pointing out the evidence is right there. You don't have to look any further. The evidence is right there. In verse 14 of chapter two, he says, for he is our peace who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility in his flesh. Come on, that gives me hope for today that in and of ourselves, reconciling with people can be difficult. Can I get an amen? It's extremely difficult, but in the flesh, there's trouble. It gets in the way, as Jesus said, but by the power of his name, the power of his spirit within us, he, it says, he is able to tear down those dividing walls and to bring peace as we speak faith in his name. 
You know, Lord, I don't know what's going on in my family dynamic. I don't know what's going on with my job. I thought things were going well, but I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Over every heart, every mind, I know that there's power in your presence. I speak Jesus. Amen? Paul, as we know with his time with his young uh, colleague in prison, as they praised and worshiped the Lord, young Silas, that their chains were loosened. The prison cell shook. Paul saw here as he wrote this letter that the season of prison would not be a roadblock to his ministry. That season was not gonna be a roadblock to his ministry. That's point number three. And so my challenge for us today is this. Seize the season. Seize the season. There's times where you can feel like you're in a prison. And I have to say, this is a message written about two and a half weeks ago. And it is speaking so um, tremendously to me today for a few reasons I'm going to get to in a few moments. But I wrote here in my notes, but by the grace of God, like Paul, we can seize the season to rise above ourselves and not cease in the ministry and calling the Lord has put in our life. And in the very place where the enemy of our souls would like for us to think, because you're in that season, you could be of no effectiveness. And scripture encourages us in this moment. Paul said to young Timothy, his young coworker in the gospel, and it's worth hearing today, 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction or teaching. Be ready in season and out of season. You know why I believe Timothy listened? Sure, he knew that Paul was called by the Lord, but he saw that Paul practiced what he preached. He was ready in every season. I don't know about you today, but this spoke directly to my heart today. As we seize the season that we're in, we can know God's grace is with you, is over you, is before you, and we can then rally around the very words that Paul says in in Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Are you thankful the Lord shows this in real time? When we call on his name, you know, there was a time where a short season where I wasn't, um, you know, preaching in a pulpit, involved in in church ministry. I was in a a secular job for a time as I was awaiting the call of God. And on Wednesday, I was um, meditating on this a bit, spending some valuable time in prayer. It was a... um, just a wonderful time. But in the same time, there was some heaviness on my heart. Now, granted, as we've been talking about, I really believe that this year is going to be a great year. And, I'm, and I desire to practice what I preach. Hope for this new year. But there were questions that I had. You know, how, how to proceed pastorally, how to delicately go about reaching and drawing people to go into that next level of connection. 
greater level of what God has called them to. Now I'm saying there are so many people here today, present company accounted for, that give so fervently, faithfully, and passionately. But there are at times some who let others do all the work. And that's the thing of the pastoral peace is where you need to continue to encourage. And so I was pondering these things in my heart. Ministry isn't easy. But I felt the spirit comforting me and emboldening me as my flesh was failing in the moment. And I'm reading my notes because I don't want to misspeak here. And due to the weight of some of those prayers, Lord, how can I encourage folk to show them wonderful opportunity that when you serve, when you connect in that way, God takes you to a level that you never imagined possible. But you got to take that step. There's so much of the world that can draw you and you can connect with, but it's all meaningless. The homes that we build, the rooms that we do and, and brighten, they're all going to be rubble one day. But I heard in my spirit a recollection of a word that the Lord previously spoke to my heart before I exited a season of ministry and entered this season with all of you here. Those words were this, I am with you. I am showing you my glory. Your life will never be the same. I am with you. And I'm telling you, as I was riding in my car, I love the Lord speaks to us by the power of his spirit when you're just driving along. And I began to shift in my thoughts. I thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for that word, that recollection that you are with me. You are with us. You are with your church. And that you are building your church. And the gates of hell will not prevail as we gird ourselves to walk with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're emboldening us. And wouldn't you know it, this hit me. As I was traveling west along Concession 6, just to give some context, towards Old Highway 24, a Medigas vehicle met me exactly at the crossroad of that intersection. Now, what's interesting about this vehicle was that in 2008, it was a very difficult time in my life of a time where I wasn't serving in a church. But I found myself working in a secular job. I'm going to put this jacket on just for a moment. It's called Medigas, just so you don't think I'm fibbing up here. Okay? This is the real deal. Medigas. And during this time and season, I was uh, traveling through the GTA. Even on snowy winter conditions, blizzards, we went out. When the ambulances were out, we were out. Driving Ford Transat vehicles, if you can imagine. And so we were carrying precious cargo, medical oxygen for hospitals and palliative care wings in people's homes. There are many people who were facing their last hours on this earth. And there was time where I lamented and I said to the Lord, I don't understand. I've, I've trained, I've prepared, I've put my blood, sweat, and tears into ministry. And it appears to me there are those who don't even care about people, a genuine love for people, and yet they have the opportunities. And I'm out here driving this vehicle in a blizzard-like condition. What is going on? Just to be real with you. But the Lord was answering a prayer that I had uttered 
many years earlier. I didn't learn this lesson until, um, you know, a few years after. I prayed one day, and I've shared this with a few of you. Lord, I believe the, the call of the pastor is to have empathy for people. And it's not that I didn't love people, don't get me wrong, but there were some things where I just couldn't relate to people on their level, depending on what the situation story was. And I said, Lord, by the power of your spirit, just, just give me those, those eyes and that heart to have empathy in a way that only you can give. And this was actually the answer to prayer. Because when you go into a person's house and they've lost all hope and you see the despair in their eyes, you realize very quickly the power of the gospel, the hope that we have, because that very everything they put their trust in, it's all meaningless and they need Jesus. And for the God to show me it was all part of his plan. I remember one day I walked into this tiny room setting up a hospital bed with the um, oxygen machine and oscillator, ventilator and all these different things. And this man says to me, are you a pastor? I got to tell you, as I'm setting the regulator, because you have to, right? You don't want to blow up the room. I look back at him and I said, you know, Yes, like you could imagine how interesting, like how did you know? And he said, I see Jesus in you. Oh, I got to ball my eyes out in front of you. And that spoke to me because I know that I'm an imperfect person, but my desire was in prayer was to have empathy. And then when people see me, they see Jesus. Are you a pastor? I see Jesus in you. God presented many opportunities like that during my time with this company. Praying with families, mothers who were too young to die. Children coming over to their fathers. They had had hours to live. And yet being able to hold hands and to pray. Now the company didn't know this. In fact, one day I got called into the manager's office. It said, Andrew, I understand your background. I've heard some things, um, good things, um, but I've heard that you've been praying with clients. <laughs> and I said, yes, yes, Jason, I have. Um, I'm, real, I'm sorry about that. He says, no, 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 don't apologize. There haven't been complaints. I just want you to know, keep doing what you're doing. You're representing the company very well. And he said, in fact, there was a competition a few months ago. And if you went through all your um, uh, courses on handling oxygen and there's all these things you had to take and there was, a, there was a bonus at the end of it if you actually completed all these certificates. And I found out in that meeting, no one else had gone through that process. And I was the only one. So essentially I won the, the, the bursary or whatever it was. I said, oh, that's a great praise guy. He said, keep up the great work. So God was showing me on so many different levels. When you step out in difficult situations, he's with you. When you put the work in, he, he rewards you in different ways. It was in that job that God showed me the riches of his love and glory and spending time with those people. God gave me that greater empathy for people. 
So I want to encourage you this afternoon when things look bleak, when things look tough, when you pray to the Lord, he hears and he's going to answer. And so what was amazing about seeing that truck was at that time with the prayers about our church family and what we're doing in the community, that vehicle arrived at that very moment of that intersection. Medigas doesn't come out to this region that often. And what was even more apparent and connecting the two with the ministry with you fine people is that when we began the spring of 2021 and hearing this call to plant the church, one of the preparations was to gather footage for our welcome video you see on the screens. It's just seconds of a video, but what was in the video of those few seconds on old Highway 24? Do you know the answer? Medigas oxygen utility vehicle coming right up old high 24 as I was passing by. And I didn't even notice it when I first looked at the video. And I will try to show you next week so you know it's the truth. But that spoke to me in that prayer last Wednesday. God was reminding me, I was with you in that season and I'm with you in this season. Trust me, I am with you. I am showing you my glory and your life will never be the same. And so I wanna encourage you today, that goes for you too. Your life will never be the same as you embrace and seize the season that you're in, like Paul, to not see it as being caged, but being released to passionately exercise the ministry that he's called you to. And so Paul says, by the grace and gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power, I was made a servant of this gospel. And so he says in verse 13 of Ephesians 3, so then I ask you not to be discouraged over my afflictions on your behalf, for they are for your glory. When we go through tough times, we can say, God, you're showing me your glory. You're showing me your glory. Paul told young Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 verse 8, remember Christ, risen from the dead, descended from David according to my gospel, for which I suffered to the point of being bound like a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. And so going to those houses with the company, the word of God was able to be delivered because as I spoke, God protected me in the company ranks because I was proclaiming his truth and his word. And if God can do that, if he can protect Paul for a time and season, the Lord knew when he would call Paul home. If he can protect him, can he not protect you? Can he not use you? And so Paul highlights this for us in verse 12. He introduces this concept of boldness and access we have to God through faith in Jesus. He says in verse 12, in him we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. This letter was not a theoretical, academic realm only. He lived it. The word of my spirit for today with season the season would be don't 
treat the word of God like a mere textbook. Because the word says it is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It can speak to the mind, the joints, the mirror. That means our whole being, mind, soul, and body. That he says our inner man. He says this, the grace given to me, the least of the saints, to shed light about the administration of the ministry hidden for the ages in God who created all things. I pray he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit. The Lord wants to empower you and strengthen your inner being so that you can be like Paul saying, everything I'm going through, it's a love offering to the Lord as his power flows through me. His life, his ministry was a love offering of loving God, loving people through the truth of the gospel because of the great love shown to him through Christ. And so as you're sitting here today and as I close, think of these words in 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time for my departure is close. This is the Apostle Paul. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, are you ready? But to all those who love his appearing. And so when you hear these words and recollection with what he penned in Ephesians 3. How many of you pray for spiritual power? And in those directed prayers, are you open to his fullness and the access you have? Or is there some limitations that you erect? Do you believe that he can work in you through every season, whether location, vocation, whatever the season Because Paul is showing us here to know Christ's love is to experience the fullness of God for us in every season which surpasses all knowledge and understanding. This is the truth of the gospel, the truth that if we receive, I want to invite you as, as John prepares to lead us in response to just raise your hands. Go ahead and just raise your hands. And with the boldness of faith, we can thank God for the fullness and the access we have to him who loves us and gave his son for you. And as you do, allow this divinely inspired pastoral word of the apostle Paul to stir faith in you today that he is able to ex do exceedingly abundantly beyond we can ask, imagine, or think. Jesus. 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 I thank you, Lord, for the open doors in the seasons of our life. 
Father, by the stirring in my spirit. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the reminders. I pray over the people here today in this place and those joining by other means, Lord, that you will show yourself true in the season they find themselves in. That by the power of your spirit, they will seize that season to the glory of your name and that you would be lifted up. And Lord, we hold true the promise that you declare, if I am lifted up, I will draw all to myself. And so, Lord, I pray in each person here, Lord, that when people see them, they will see you, Jesus. And that their life will never be the same to the glory of your name. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, go ahead and sing that, bro. Amen, amen. You're worthy of it all. Thank you, Jesus. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Thank you. 
line in that word says, let incense rise. Scripture says to us, thank God that he always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ, that it's a pleasing aroma to God. That's right. As you go here today, remember that as you seize the season, you are a pleasing aroma to God who's working in you in all things. See yourself as that aroma. Speak to the Lord in prayer and he will answer and show you his power. Your life will never be the same. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we go here today, Lord, I thank you for your divine word that's spoken to us today. We thank you, Lord, that as we leave this place that you go with us, you go before us, that the word that, Lord, we've taken so dearly in our heart will not return void. So we go in the places and the, the spheres of calling and influence that you've given us. Lord, we thank you that you are with us and you are showing us your glory. May people see you in us each day. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. God bless you as you go today. Power of Christ is with you. So glad you're here. God bless you. And if anyone needs prayer or wants to chat a little bit, we'll be here to do that, of course. But otherwise, God bless. Have a great rest of the week.